This is Chris Wolf, and you are listening to the PNG Podcast. Keep your limbs inside of the vehicle, and they will not be eaten. I'm kidding. We'll all be eaten one day. Sounds really familiar. It's near Dodger Stadium, um, downtown LA. Maybe I have. Next to Thunderbolt. Again, maybe. It's oh. been <laughs> if, if, if I have, it's been a while. Right. Yeah, everything uh, Maddie just said, like the coconut beef, the cornbread babrika, it's amazing there. The sidebar of uh, Park's Finest I'd like to add is it's right next to the Fast and the Furious house. <laughs> <laughs> so you uh, go to Park's Finest. And then you drive like five minutes and you're outside of Dom's house and you're like, whoa, this is where <laughs> they like did everything. This is where they drank all the Corona and this is where they had all the barbecues. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. Uh, I haven't been to Thunderbolt yet. How is it? Thunderbolt? Yeah, that's the bar, right? Oh, no, I haven't been to the oh, Thunderbolt. No. Yeah, just Park's Finest. Um, but yeah, it's like my favorite spot around here. I love this so much. Yeah, I, I live out here, but I, I try to get to Park's Finest as often as I can. There's an episode, uh, was it Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives um, <laughs> that had like Sandler, Spade, and Chris Rock on it, mm-hmm. and a friend of the show, and you know uh, Earl Bailon is in the background eating, <laughs> so that's awesome. go back and watch that episode, <laughs> there's Earl. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, we always end up talking about food on this show. Uh, this show being the Pencil Nick Geeks podcast, uh, I'm your host. Host Birdo. Your Hurst? Your Hurst. I'm thinking <laughs> yeah, about the yeah, Undertaker yeah, already. Hurst. <laughs> <laughs> you got Taker on the mind. Co-host Elaine couldn't be here. She's dressed as the crow hiding in the rafters somewhere. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. You got the sting <laughs> yeah. face paint on. Yeah. Holding a bat. Yeah. Um, but uh, in studio today, we have Manny Mars. What's up? The Pinoy Prince, Manny Mars. Yeah. That's what I call myself. And what's funny is that. I, we haven't had a chance to watch you wrestle, but I have heard of you. <laughs> like, I don't know if you've seen, we had put out these Bullet Club shirts uh, a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. I They popped up all of a sudden. Like, I don't know how long they've been around, but I saw that. I was like, oh, that's super cool. Yeah. Unfortunately, like, we've like gone through four prints and run out every time. So m- hopefully we'll, we'll get one for you. Because when we were uh, putting those out, like, a bunch of wrestlers got them. Jeff Cobb, Shotzi. TJP, Chris Wolf was one of the first ones to wear them. And we got messages from people up north. Oh, there's this guy, Manny Mars. <laughs> but like I said, we haven't, because I guess you were based up north for a while. Yeah, because, um, well, I'm from the Bay. I, I'm i born and raised in uh, Daly City. Mm-hmm. So I was there for like 25 years. Then I moved to Oakland and then lived there for like maybe a year or two and then moved down over here. So how long have you been down here? Uh, it's been what, like three years so far, at least. Yeah, yeah. How do you like living in SoCal, being a, n- a NorCal person? <laughs> oh, dude, it's kind of different. Like, but they've all got their pros and cons. Like, mm-hmm. you know, of course, everyone talks about like the LA traffic, and I'm just like, well, there's traffic in like San Francisco too, so I think I can get used to it. Yeah. And then <laughs> we moved down here, and I was like. Oh no! This is like <laughs> a whole different beast over here. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Wait, okay, it's like s- seven miles to get to the city. Why does it take me forty-five minutes?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm used to I'm used to the traffic in the bay. Uh, when you're getting onto the bridge, like just waiting at the toll and yeah. passing through the city, and then after that, you're all good. Yeah. But this is just like I'm falling asleep at the wheel. This is dangerous. <laughs> Yeah, I should say that we're recording on Super Bowl Sunday. Yes. Manny's a, a Niners fan. Justin's a Niners fan. Go Niners! Yeah. Of course, yeah. So when we talk about un- eating a bunch of junk food after this, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> All 
I would ask for predictions, but I'm guessing you're both going to say Niners. Oh, yeah. No, I'll, uh, for the record, I'll just uh, predict the score. Uh, I'm going to say Chiefs 38, Niners 42. I think it's going to be a high, pretty close. high scoring game. But honestly, I think Patrick Mahomes, I think he's at least going to throw for like four touchdowns <laughs> today. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm a Bengals fan, so I usually don't have anyone to cheer for in the ni- or in the Super Bowl. That's How did rough. that happen? Because you're a Dallas fan when it comes to basketball. Well, I became a, a Mavericks fan kind of in the same way I became a Bengals fan. Oh, speaking of Dallas Mavericks, shout out to Ed in the booth, who's also a Mavericks fan. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, growing up down here, sorry, we're getting... No, no, <laughs> please. This, I was a Raiders fan growing up, and... Sorry, because I was a Raiders fan. I didn't like the Niners. <laughs> <laughs> then Show's over. Yeah. <laughs> All right, bye, guys. <laughs> it was great having you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, time to start my plugs, and <laughs> I'm out. Yeah, so when the Raiders went back up to Oakland, I, you know, I was a young kid. I felt like a jilted lover, <laughs> like my girlfriend just left me. And then the Bengals got to the Super Bowl against the Niners. And because I hated the Niners, I was cheering for the Bengals. Yep. And it just kind of stuck with me ever since then. And, I mean, you know, it's not like I can't say I'm a bandwagon fan because they have sucked for years. <laughs> and I'm still a fan. I haven't changed allegiance. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's hard to find. Uh, I'm going to say I lightweight bandwagon on them this year. It's just so hard to, you know, watch – watch your team lose for so many years so i just like i quit in the middle i'm just like okay i'm just gonna go find something else to be interested <laughs> in uh, what's wrestling up to okay cool yeah uh, well obviously we're here to talk about wrestling so yeah. when did you first become a wrestling fan <sighs> um definitely the attitude era mm. right um around that time uh you know stone cold steve austin he was the he's the guy who like hooked me and i was like what's this guy doing? I thought this was about wrestling and he's driving all these vehicles and like destroying property. Is this what wrestling is? <laughs> okay, I'll stick around. <laughs> so are you waiting for the day where you get to drive the uh, beer truck into the ring? <laughs> <laughs> I am. I would love that. I'm down for anything ridiculous in <laughs> wrestling. I just want to be, be able to say I've done all this like weird shit and I'm just like, like yeah, there was one time I um yeah I jumped off the roof onto some guardrails. Uh, I took that edge spear <laughs> from like you know the like the TLC yeah. edge spear hanging off. And these are real stories. I actually did these things. Oh. And I took the. <laughs> 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 yeah. So have you seen that match? It was like a TLC where Edge was hanging off. You know where they hang the belts. Oh no, that was it was oh, Jeff. Hardy. Jeff Hardy, Hardy was hanging off. No, I haven't seen that one. Edge no. speared him off the <laughs> Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, that was gnarly. Yeah. Uh so other than uh so was Austin your favorite wrestler back then? Yeah, he was definitely my favorite wrestler and then I started to hear the rock cut his promos mm. and I mean just like anybody. And it's funny, whenever I I talk to other people about wrestling, um, you know, casual fans people have fallen out they all of course they always remember the attitude era like oh i remember the rock stone cold steve austin yeah that was awesome back then (laughs) i'm like i'm still pretty good now i just have to find the right places to watch and there's so many different places to watch exactly it's like it's like a boom period for wrestling right now it's awesome so many places to work it's great yeah um so do you have like favorite matches from that era or was there a particular one or just Anything that made you want to become a wrestler? Um, like I said, the that TLC match, yeah. WrestleMania 17. Um, like that's when I started to like, you know, I noticed like the Hardy Boys, them doing all like the crazy stunts. Um, it's funny because when people ask me my favorite wrestlers, it kind of goes into like an evolution of like why they're my favorite wrestler. Stone Cold Steve Austin because he's the guy who got me into actually starting to watch wrestling. Then Jeff Hardy wanted me to start backyard wrestling, <laughs> you know, and try like moves. And then CM Punk was the one who was like, okay, let me take this seriously. Mm-hmm. Let me see what this is all about. There's a wrestling school. Okay, let me try to find a wrestling school. Um, but I mean, not from the Attitude Era, but I'm going to say maybe my favorite match 
might be that John Cena of CM Punk money in the bank. Oh yeah. It's just I mean, if you know the backstory, what built up to it, and then when the match finally happened, just everything just happened so perfectly. You know, you just couldn't help but like just like watch and be invested and just yeah, it was it was awesome. Yeah, they were such great dance partners. They were. Yeah, yeah I was like, oh, John Cena's not going to find better opponent than this. This is like, yeah, this is Batman versus Superman Yeah, right now, you know? Yeah, I think the only thing I wish they had done differently uh, it was after that match. You know, Punk took the title and left. Yeah, I was like, oh, let's not, yeah, uh, I just forget about that part. <laughs> yeah, because it would have been great, like, maybe it would have been different if it we had the uh, environment now where you know, they partner with other companies, but he was back on TV in like two weeks. Literally, like, no. yeah, two weeks, and then they had that whole deal. Like, what happened to Rey Mysterio? Like, he had the he had the belt for like a, a few, yeah. a few, like an hour, oh, and yeah. then <laughs> he lost it to John Cena. <laughs> Were you watching at the time, Justin? No, I was only checking in like periodically. All right. So, uh, so explain. Punk wins the belt, takes off, supposedly to never come back. So the next night they have to crown a new champ. Rey Mysterio wins the title on Raw. The tournament, right? Yeah. yeah. And then Cena wins it off him like later in the show. Has Rey ever had like a title run last more than like a day or two? Um, he had that. I mean, he had the WCW, uh, not in WCW, but he had the World Heavyweight Championship for a little bit. But it was it was a pretty weak run. Like that's also one of the more like infamous like title runs. But I don't know. That's it. <laughs> That's it. I mean, not, not much happened. <laughs> yeah. Is he one of your influences? Because you're you've got a pretty like fast moving, high flying style. Yeah, a little. Yeah, a little bit. You know, I'd watch Rey Mysterio. It was more so like because I'm like five four, mm -hmm. like, <laughs> um, and then I would see him like, well, who's this? You know, this little guy, and I was like, oh, like, and I found out like his height. He's like five, like five four, five three. It's like, wow. That's what I would look like in the WWE ring. Man, I would I would look so <laughs> <laughs> like out of place. Yeah. You know, it's almost like I would have to wear a mask to like look more legit, but <laughs> Yeah, I would say he was an influence and then the stuff he did with like Eddie Guerrero, I oh was yeah. just like, oh my god, like watching like all the technical the lucha stuff, it was just like, oh, I want to do some stuff like that. And then I actually got into wrestling. I was like, no, I want to work for Lucha. <laughs> <laughs> When you got into wrestling, or wh where did you train? Uh, I trained at a spot called Gold Rush. Uh, okay. We called it the Gold Rush slash APW boot camp. Um, I don't know if you've heard, but uh, APW, All Pro Wrestling. Uh, have you seen this? You, ha you had to see this if you're a wrestling fan. Beyond the Mat? Yes, of course. Do you remember this guy named uh, Roland Alexander? He was... The, the training school that they went to, that's that's APW. Okay. And they were based out of Hayward. Um, and basically, uh, th that spot closed down. Uh, one of uh, one of the guys who trained over there took over, and, you know, he called – it was Gold Rush was his promotion, but he also ran the school called um, the APW Boot Camp, and that's where I trained. Uh, yeah, that was uh, – that was – that was pretty intense. I, I didn't <laughs> – when I got into it, I was like, okay, I know this will be pretty crazy, and I am ready to, like, give up because I was like, there's no way I can keep up with these guys. But, I mean, you know, thousands of squats later, I'm like, oh, cool, I'm a wrestler now. Yeah. How do you, uh, I guess, prepare yourself mentally? Because you hear stories about guys who go into training and are done by the end of the day. They just quit. Like, what – got you to that like next step and the next step and the next um honestly it was just like like i didn't even really know this about myself until i got into training mm -hmm. was i can be pretty competitive mm -hmm. right i'll be very humble like on the outside like like oh no i don't think i can do it i don't think i can do it but then i see like my colleagues trying to push trying to push and i'm like like oh no i can do better than them i can do it better <laughs> than them and that and also the mentality of like, well, I didn't die, so I mm. should keep going. Yeah. <laughs> so you said you decided to play it safe, but I mean, the things you do are exciting. Uh, even though I haven't seen you 
uh, wrestle live, I have seen, you know, thanks to the internet, I, I have seen you wrestle. And, you know, you're, like I said, you're high flying. It's exciting the things that I've seen you do. Oh, thanks. Thank you. Um, yeah, I try to uh, – actually, it's funny. I always remember this uh, – you know Aaron, Aaron Solo, another Filipino mm-hmm. wrestler. Yeah. Uh, I was with him, like, years ago on this other show in the Bay. It was in, like, Pacheco um, or whatever, East Bay Pro Wrestling. And uh, he had watched my match, and he was like, wow – like stuff you do is really flashy, but it's safe. I'm like, yes, that's exactly <laughs> the style I'm going for. You know, I don't, I don't, you know, do a lot of lucha stuff. I don't jump off the ropes a lot because you know I'm also not not just about being safe, but I don't want to botch. Mm-hmm. I don't want to botch, and I know if I'm if I'm jumping off the ropes, um, you know, flipping around, then there's that good chance that I'm gonna like ruin the match, ruin a spot. And I want to be as consistent as possible. Um, actually, uh, another quote that, that I've heard from uh, uh, from the late uh, Virgil Flynn, you know, he's, he's like a mm-hmm. uh, wrestler in, in North Hill. He's like amazing. He uh, passed away a few years ago. Uh, but I remember asking him advice just before I started wrestling. I was like, is there anything you could tell me? Like, you know, because you've been around for a while. He's like, yeah when you're trying a new move, make sure you can do it 10 times in a row mm-hmm. without messing up. If you ha- don't do it 10, th- if you haven't done it 10 times in a row without messing up the name, don't do a new one. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that makes sense. So I try to keep it really consistent and keep my matches as clean as possible. Mm. There's a lot of great <coughs> wrestling up north. A lot of great wrestlers that came from up north. Like who were others that like maybe you could say that mentors or helped you along the way? Yes. Oh man, we were talking about him earlier. Actually, um, another Filipino wrestler. It's funny. I always go to the Filipino wrestlers because you never saw them on TV. So I always kind of gravitate towards them. But Jeff Cobb. Oh yeah. Jeff Cobb. I always looked at him like, oh man, this guy is amazing. He's reinventing every show that I'm on. Like I just want to be like, you know, be seen in that kind of spotlight mm-hmm. someday. You know, and. He was just ridiculously strong, <laughs> and he was like such a cool guy. Um, it's funny, like when I'd see him, I'm like, you know, oh, cool, you Jeff, cool, you Jeff. <laughs> but like, I don't, th- I don't know if he like actually will respond to it. He doesn't, he doesn't really like mention it. But I'm just like, in my head, and like when I like message him, I'm just like, hey, cool, you Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I haven't seen him in a while. He used to wrestle at uh, bar wrestling shows. Maybe he can't anymore. Yeah, he's just like so international now. Yeah. He's just everywhere he's been. Like, I mean, he's in New Japan. Uh, I've seen him in ROH. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he's in. I see him in UK two or three sometimes. Yeah. But um, yeah, that guy. Just seeing from like where he started, and then just seeing him grow up. I was like, the whole time I was just like, why isn't anybody bigging this guy up? Yeah. Like, I feel like he was in NorCal for too long. Because he came from Hawaii, mm-hmm. um, and then he decided to expand and come, you know, <laughs> leave the island and come over <laughs> here. Because I mean, I'm pretty sure it's hard to get bookings yeah. when you're out <laughs> on an island. Um, and then, boom! All of a sudden, they were like, PWG was like, "Yeah, let's let's bring in Jeff Cobb," and they're like, "Holy shit! Yeah, this guy's fucking amazing." <laughs> yeah, just the way he moves for someone his size, it's unbelievable. Right? I'm yeah. like, oh, standing shooting star press. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like half his size. It's all those squats he does. I don't know. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's, uh, I don't know if you know, but I mean, he was uh, in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. I mean, the dude's like w- literally a world-class athlete. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about it before we started recording, but you came up with Shotsu Blackheart too. Yeah. We started around the same time. It was funny because um, me and Shotsu were like, it's like we're we're like I wouldn't say like more like colleagues, you know. Mm-hmm. We're kind we're we're kind of friends, but you know we're always on the same shows. Um, and yeah, I remember the first time I saw her, I was like um, at some other like random show, and I was like, "Who's this chick with the green hair? She <laughs> stuck like stuck out like a sore thumb. She had like green hair at the time." And then I was like, "Who's this?" Um, and all of a sudden, like a year later, you know. I'm wrestling, and then I see her that she's wrestling uh, for this 
other promotion up north, uh, Oakland called Hood Slam. Yeah. Yeah, you know. You know Hood Slam, of course. <laughs> Hood Slam is well, not all our, our fans might know, but oh yeah. yeah, and just like quick plug for them. I mean, if you're in Oakland on a Friday night, go to Hood Slam, and uh, as they say, don't bring your fucking kids. <laughs> uh, you have to be 21 and up. Um, do all the uh, recreational drugs. That <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I mean I shouldn't be promoting that, but. <laughs> Anyway, we're adults. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. <laughs> do do what you got to do. Um, yeah, she uh, came through her her school, which was the Hood Slam uh, school called Stoner U. Mm-hmm. Those guys are amazing there. The trainers. Um, and yeah, she always like stuck out. You just knew she had this look and she had this like charisma. And it was just like, like, yeah, she's going to get like discovered. And lo and behold, like five years later, she's in NXT. Mm. Yeah, and <laughs> it's great. I, it, it's so crazy to see where someone starts just so green like her, and then like turn into like this like superstar. Um, and there's actually a second person that came up with her. Uh, I don't know if you know Mansoor. He's um he they do those Saudi Arabia shows right? Yeah. He's in NXT right now. He's yeah. in NXT. Yeah, yeah. Mansoor he also came through Stoner U. Mm-hmm. They came up exactly the same time, so it's amazing to see where both of them are yeah. right now. Like he, I mean, he just like won that match in Saudi Arabia against like Cesaro the year before. He won like that battle royal, and he is an amazing wrestler. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm hoping they you know we see him more on TV. And I can only imagine what that's like for Mansoor and Shotzi to all of a sudden be in NXT together. It, I mean, that's that would be amazing. Yeah, and I was glad to see her not just in the Rumble, but with her name and her look. Yes. Yeah, uh, we were talking about this off air, but I had seen her at a, an AWS show just back in September. You know, we were talking about her being on uh, the podcast, and next thing you know, she's in Orlando. <laughs> Okay. Also, we found out an interesting role. It's like they can't do <laughs> outside podcasts because yeah. we were. M- I think Mike was trying to get us Teddy Long, but yeah. he he can't do it. It's a contract thing. Yeah. Teddy Long has a. Uh, he's still got a contract with you. I guess as a legend. Oh yeah yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever wrestled for Hood Slam? Uh yes, I've had. I've done one show for them. Uh, it was actually like last year for the first time because mm-hmm. uh, for the longest time I was wrestling on their student shows or like Stoner U shows. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, one of those Stoner U shows was like an anniversary show and it was a fatal four way with Shotzi and Mansoor. That, so it's funny just like thinking back about that. But um, yeah, Hood Slam is amazing. I was like the second match and the crowd, like, I just, you know, I'm used to seeing like. 50 people at a show (laughs) (laughs) you know if i'm lucky like oh there's a (laughs) hundred that's cool (laughs) but this was like i walk out i'm like well there's a sea of people out here and they're all like fucked up (laughs) they're just like ready to have a good time so like you throw a punch like "Ah," and they're just like cool i can work extra safe today (laughs) (laughs) if uh elaine was here she would not be speaking well of hood slam (laughs) Really, <laughs> we went to one show. I I, I will ha- have to explain. We went when uh, they New Japan did the show at the Cow Palace. Oh, was it two years ago? Oh yeah yeah yeah. So everyone was in town and went to the Hood Slam show. The show went super long. It was hot. Um, it just no. You gotta go in knowing what to expect. And I will tell yeah. you, like their shows, at least the ones that I were on, like maybe like a year or two ago, mm-hmm. like just showing up as like. A fan hang out or help them out. Yeah, like it's like we had fun like at like t- two a.m. Yeah, <laughs> I think that was part of it too because uh, it was actually Shotzi versus Chris Wolf was the main event, oh. and they didn't go up until after uh, midnight. And you know, down yeah. here we're used to shows ending by midnight. Yeah, no, it's a whole different beast up there because I mean the the fan base over there is not directed towards wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. It's directed towards like anybody i mean of course like 21 and up yeah but anyone who's just down to have a good time and if you happen to like wrestling then you'll enjoy it extra you know yeah people outside of the area might not be familiar with hood slam uh 
but can you explain what you might be saying? Like, did you play a character when you were there? Oh, uh, no. Luckily, I was just <laughs> I was just a Manny Mars. Uh, but so they have some established characters over there, and they're all pretty much like inside jokes. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're part of that joke, then you'll appreciate even more. Yeah. And if you're not part of that inside joke, then you can just like enjoy this this weird, strange like concoction of a show <laughs> that they've created. You know, like they've got a character there, like the most famous is like is Drugs Bunny. Yeah. Who's like this 1940s gangster rabbit, mm-hmm. and he just really likes cocaine, and that's where he gets his like his. That's how he hulks up, you know. Like Hulk Hogan will like look out into the crowd and like gather his power from like the fans, and Drugs Bunny will do you know, quote unquote like coke in the r- in the ring, yeah. and they're like oh, I'm ready to go, and and then um they've got you know like Ken and. Ryu and Ed, it's funny that <laughs> I like to tell people like uh, the guy who plays Ryu, mm-hmm. uh, his name's Matt Carlos. He was my trainer, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, I was trained by Ryu. <laughs> he was my, <laughs> my wrestling trainer. Um, so it looks like they have a cami also they have up on yeah. the yeah. screen. <laughs> oh yeah, oh there we go. Yeah, there's uh, a <laughs> there's Ryu right there and Cami. So they've got all these video game characters, and they're mentality is fuck the fans <laughs> and by that <laughs> by that they mean we will do whatever the fuck we want we're not trying to cater to the fans and if they want to watch then you know then they'll just come through and enjoy them you know and i always like love that about them uh yeah that's uh drugs bunny he has the hat he has the ears like the little nose it's hilarious um and they do some d- they, they do some really cool stuff like uh, one of my favorite nights is 80s for the ladies. Mm-hmm. So everyone's dressed up like uh, like in kind of like 80s like gear and stuff. And uh, I remember at the time that I, I went to like do camera for them or whatever. Yeah. I, um, I dressed up in a dress because anybody, any dudes who, uh, who wore a dress like got in for like 10 bucks or a discount or something like that, mm-hmm. right? So uh, yeah, they do really fun stuff like that. It's a good time. Maybe I'll check them out again. Like I said, it was just rough because everyone was in town for New Japan. It was yeah. a long show that night. but um, Yeah, that Cal Palace, it's legendary, man, in, yeah. the, in the Bay Area. I mean, uh, we like to call it uh, the Madison, Madison Square Garden uh, on the West Coast yeah. but when it comes to wrestling. Because, uh, you know, Pat Patterson, he's from, uh, he's from San Francisco. He's from, like, the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Um, and the history with it and maybe someone's going to correct me on this but the royal rumble concept yeah. that was created in the cow palace mm. that that match gimmick was created with the cow palace so um you know a little sidebar story all pro wrestling finally ran the cow palace like for the first time like a f- like years ago like a few years ago and i got to be part of their royal rumble nice. you know match and i was like oh this is so cool i'm in the cow palace I'm in like the Royal Rumble where this was like manifested, yeah. you know, and Pat Patterson was in the back. It was like, yeah, it was an awesome night. So Hood Slam, All Pro, like, were there any other, but what other companies have you wrestled for or do you call home up north? Oh, d- yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Gold Rush Pro Wrestling for sure is my home base because that's where I train. That's where I've had all of like kind of storylined matches. Uh, I mean, like the rest of my colleagues, um, Thunder Rosa. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, she came from Gold Rush. Like She's l- one of our favorites. She literally, we <laughs> literally started same day, went through training together. She is awesome. Uh, I love her so much, and I am so happy to see her success, like on NWA. Like, yes, yeah. she so deserves this because, like, all the like shit that I've seen her go through, mm. and just her like. <laughs> throwing up during training and <laughs> like it's you know we like yeah we we came up together you know that's my sister right there um she's super nice she is yeah. yeah she's amazing yeah she's uh she also like helped push me when i talk about like having having like a competitive attitude mm-hmm. you know she would like try to tease me too she's like come on ruben stop being a pussy <laughs> being a little bitch i'm just like shut up no i'm not <laughs> 
I actually saw a match that she posted a few years ago. It was against you. I wonder what it was, but there were like eight people in the crowd. Uh, Do you know the match? I know. Okay, I know this one. Yeah, I know this one. Well, it was a treat for eight people to watch that match, I think. Yeah, that was was fun. Because she would try to get me bookings, and she was like, hey, there's this guy um, running this kind of like lucha show. Do you want to come through? The pay is is actually kind of nice. I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. I go I, I go to the show. I'm like, look around. Like, it's this kind of, like, nightclub sort of, um, like, a really, really small, like, nightclub, it looks like, you know. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, these are the only people? How are they going to pay us? Like, <laughs> there's, like, six people in the crowd. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was fun. It Like, what th- matches like that, you're just kind of, like, Fuck it, you're gonna have you're gonna have fun. You're basic. You're literally having conversations with the crowd yeah. while you're having the match. <laughs> yeah, that's actually like where I was kind of going with that. Um, I used to be a performer, not a wrestler, but you know I've had those shows where there were like twelve people there, and it kind of makes it easier almost. It's it's like intimate, and you can just kind of relax. Yeah. 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 If you know that's what you're dealing with, yeah, then have fun be you have to be obvious you can't pretend that you're in front of like 300 people you know you have to you know uh, you know i'm not a, i mean i'm not a comedian but you know it's like you have to we comedians we always like address the elephant in the room mm-hmm. so they can kind of like move past that you yeah. know you have to like you see the crowd you're like oh there's like five people here um so you play it up you know maybe you're Maybe you're like cheering to the side with literally empty seats yeah. and you're just like, <laughs> you know, you are trying to make sure those five people are having the best time and yeah. you're all in it like together, you know? Yeah. Any other companies outside or uh, up north? Up north? Um, yeah. Gold Rush Pro Wrestling, All Pro Wrestling, Hood Slam. Um, I've wrestled, I, I will say like East Bay Pro Wrestling uh, in my early in my early years, uh, they've helped me out a lot. And so has this other company, uh, PCW uh, Pro Championship Wrestling. I understand there's like a PCW down here. Yeah, PCW Ultra. Yeah, PCW yeah. <laughs> Ultra. Those guys, yeah, they, they've got a – talk about a great crowd. They've got a really great crowd. I haven't had, had a chance to watch them yet, yeah. and I've really been wanting to. I've helped out at a couple of their shows, mm-hmm. you know, just to kind of show face and be like, hey, I moved down here, yeah. uh, and I'm around. Um, yeah, those shows, it's like, I it feels like 500-something mm-hmm. people over there. Probably maybe maybe more. I don't know. It's not like I did a head count with <laughs> everybody. Um but yeah, those shows are amazing. They have like some of the best like independent workers there, and they they bring in like some local talent that like is totally like deserving. Like you know, like Douglas James, Jake mm-hmm. Atlas, another guy who's in NXT oh, now. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, it's it's great to see those guys wrestle. Also, because you know, we started around the same time too, and like to see them get like these huge opportunities. I'm like, like I I just love seeing these people who I like came up with like history, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm bringing up all these companies or asking about these companies. Cause we talk about how wrestling right now is like a wealth of uh, shows you can go watch. Yeah. Uh, so we're trying to give love to like everyone. And if you're a new fan, like here's where you can go. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I mean, um, it's been great. Like this last year too, I've been getting a lot of bookings, kind of randomly in like central california really? a little bit yeah like uh there's this really great company um i'm, I'm gonna hope they like do super well but blacklist pro wrestling in fresno mm-hmm. um they just started like i want to say last year and they've been really good to me they get people who you don't usually see um, around so they're giving opportunity to people who like i don't say like have a difficult time like finding bookings but, you know, because sometimes, you know, you get to certain territories and you'll see the same people, you know, for this promotion, this promotion, and then you'll get kind of the same matchups. But I feel like at, at a spot like Blacklist Pro Wrestling, another one that I work for, CWA, mm-hmm. uh, California Wrestling Association, uh, the Central Valley Champion. Oh, nice. Yeah, Central Valley. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like your intercom, baby. Okay. Yeah. 
um, those guys are giving like some great opportunities to s- have you see, you know, different matchups that you wouldn't see in like like other companies. So it's really interesting if you like follow the the local scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely would recommend those two to check out. Okay, yeah, those will go on my list. Yeah, yeah. Other uh, have you had the opportunity to wrestle for any like LA based uh, companies yet? Oh man, bar. Um, <laughs> you, I, oh man, Bar would be great. Bar would be great. Um, you know, it's funny because it's it's the whole reason I came down here, right? Mm-hmm. It's like I want to find um, companies down here I can wrestle for, and I find like, whoa, these are some really high profile promotions. Yeah, and these are some super high profile uh, talent here. Yeah. so it gets really competitive. Um, yeah, there's this promotion called Amped Up. Mm-hmm. Uh, run by this really, I love him, Sean Black. He's just a really great promoter. He's a, he's a good friend, and uh, I love what he's like, st- what he stands for with his promotion. You know, it's uh, he's, you know, he, he always talks about uh, you know, we're gonna bring wrestling to the hood, and <laughs> I'm just <laughs> like, I like that. <laughs> I am into that. You know, make it, make wrestling accessible for everybody. Yeah. You know, um, I- I people who don't want to drive out and um, and can, you know, maybe can't afford like a thirty dollar, you know, ticket or don't want to you know, pay that much yeah. for, for wrestling, you know, make it super accessible, uh, bring it to their area, bring it somewhere where people won't won't usually go for wrestling. And I'm like, I'm all about that. Yeah. 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 Do you go to shows as a fan down here? Um. It's that I, I will <laughs> I will only go to a show to either help out or of course if I'm booked. Like yeah. I won't typically be on a show just to like kind of save the crowd. Because yeah. if I'm if I'm gonna go to a show and watch, yeah, then I feel it's only fair for me to like you know pay for the show. No, of course, because I'm talking about supporting wrestlers. I don't want to just come through at a show and be like, yeah, I know the vocalist. I'm just gonna sit down and just take yeah. up a spot, you know. So. Uh, yeah, usually I'll 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 show up with a friend or something, um, but yeah, man, like amped up. Uh, oh, <laughs> it's funny. Like in when I was in Mil- uh, Militao, I was there's a, this other spot called Fist Combat. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're based in San Diego. Oh, I have heard of them. Yeah. Um, Santino Brothers. They also put on some good shows too. I've been on uh, on some of their like student shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, those guys. <laughs> I mean, you can get like the best talent. Santino Brothers down here, like that's <laughs> if it's a local wrestler here in LA, and they're like fantastic, and they're they probably came from Santino Brothers because those guys are like the top notch like wrestling school. I'm gonna like honestly say like in the country right now. Yeah, yeah, those guys are amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of one of the things I was wondering about going to shows. What changed for you? If there, ha- cha- if anything has changed. Watching wrestling as a fan, and then now too as a wrestler. That's a good question. Um, as a fan, I'm trying to remember. I <laughs> yeah. well, see it's like it's like uh, I'm not even trying to be like snarky, but like it's it's almost like I I haven't had that mentality in such a long time, but still technically I am mm-hmm. a fan. I'm like the biggest fan by actually being a wrestler, yeah. you know. Um, but I would be super. <laughs> I'd be part of the the internet wrestling community. I'd be <laughs> yeah. part of the IWC. I would be on rest like Wrestling Inc. and trying to like <laughs> find out like like the biggest like scandal on wrestling and yeah. the rumors and all this. And now, as you know, as a worker, I'm I'm like you know more sympathetic, more like em- more em- empathetic, I should say, yeah. to the workers and like maybe. You know stuff I found out about them. Like before, I would have been like, like, yeah, screw John Cena. <laughs> Why are they giving him such a push? Like he doesn't. Why don't they give it to somebody else? And then, as a wrestler now, I'm like, no, I get it. He's marketable. Who's gonna go out and do media on their days off? Who's mm-hmm. gonna like? Who's gonna take the reason he's the top guy? Is, and I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna quote one of one of my mentors, Sparky Ballard is just because you're the champion 
uh, doesn't mean like you're the champion. It just means you're the champion of showing up. Mm-hmm. And that's he's he's so reliable. He can he may not put on like the five star matches that everyone wants him to put, but he is a guy who will show up to work. He will be the first guy there, last guy leaves, sort of thing, you mm-hmm. know. And that's what they're looking for. They're not looking for like, like you know, like yeah, like five star indie like <laughs> darling to you know. Yeah, I started to have more of an appreciation for John Cena towards the end of his career because uh, I kind of, you know, not stopped watch wrestling, but. You you go y- through your lulls, sure. And he came up during one of the lulls that I wasn't oh, watching. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I kept an eye on it, and you know, there came the Super Cena era where he was just unstoppable. So that's what I mean. As a fan, I'm like, oh, this is so dumb, and blah 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 blah. But then you you take a step back, and you like you said, you realize how much he does for the company. Yeah. And you know, we all wanted the heel turn, and he's a fan or a hero to so many kids. It just would have been a bad marketing move exactly it's almost like how are you gonna make a guy who's broken the record for make a wish yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> like it's like this guy is broken the record he's made more wishes than anybody else yeah. and then you're gonna like complain about like oh they should have put the nexus over john cena <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. i hate him forever yeah <laughs> that's one of those things too is that he might not be like you said like the five-star worker but he also doesn't have a bad match that's yeah, that's true, and like he, you put him in there with somebody like a CM Punk mm-hmm. and AJ Styles. Like he is making five star matches, yeah, you know, and like I understand he hasn't like evolved his like move set, <laughs> still the five moves of Doom and all this. But if anything, like John Cena has become like such this entity in wrestling that everybody knows those five moves of Doom. Mm-hmm. And they can play up to it, you know. It's like when they when people talk about I hate Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. I w- I am on the on the side of I actually really like Brock Lesnar because mm-hmm. nobody can have a match like him. Yeah, and he'll always bring something different to the table versus like, you know, it's it's cool to watch like, you know, like Ricochet is like super talented or like yeah. like Buddy Murphy. Like I I you know I know what type of match I'll get from them, but you know. Brock Lesnar giving John's I was I was at that SummerSlam where John Cena just gave like what like twelve German suplexes mm-hmm. to to John Cena yeah. and I was just like this is an amazing match yeah you know yeah that was the one where Cena was just totally manhandled yeah. Like, yeah yeah and see that's that's the type of thing I'm talking about you can't have those types of matches if you haven't built a worker like John Cena who's one like who's just like Superman, you can't beat him, and then you have somebody like Brock Lesnar, who's like, like a like legit badass. Yeah, and he just manhandles John Cena like that, and you're like, whoa, you you can't create those moments without going through like a little bit of those lulls sometimes, you know. Yeah, yeah. We talked about who you uh, you were a fan of when you got into wrestling. Who are the people that you love watching now? See that's a, that's a great question because it's yeah it's different when you're a fan yeah. different uh, when you're a worker now, um, like I remember when I was first starting I really like watching Sasha Banks mm-hmm. because I like the way she her her charisma. It was funny I was telling I was telling uh, Mel I was telling Thunder Rosa like oh you should totally wrestle like Sasha Banks I could totally see you <laughs> <laughs> like wrestling like that because she had like the same kind of like attitude like. Like, fuck you guys. <laughs> like, I'm the baddest bitch here, you know, kind of <laughs> deal. Um, yeah, that uh, actually, it's funny. I'm, I'm, uh, I go back to New Generation and I like to mm-hmm. watch uh, Bret Hart oh, yeah. now because I didn't really get to watch too much Bret Hart because it was like a little bit before I started. So now I'm like, okay, I like to look, look back at stuff like that. I was like specifically looking at him and his feud with Orwin because I was. I was like, why does everyone love Owen so much, you yeah. know? And I see the way they played out that whole storyline. I'm like, this this is amazing. This is brilliant. The booking, the promos. Like, like Owen sold the shit out of that storyline. Yeah. You know, as like that jealous brother, you know, why are you why are you better than, you know, I'm, you're not better than me. And then, like, the whole kind of storyline of, like, you know, Bret Hart, he had two matches, WrestleMania 10. He lost against his brother. Yeah. But then he won the title um, again, 
uh, it was Yokozuna night or something. Yeah. Yeah. And he won the title later on that night, but you knew in the back of your head, Owen could beat him because yeah. it already happened. Yeah. So that you know, booking like that, and yeah, it's amazing. And of course, you know, like Eddie Guerrero, love watching. Um, I will say the first. What I really, really loved when I first got into wrestling was watching Dynamite Kid and Tiger Mask, watching like their their series of matches. Mm-hmm. I was like, that that is how I really want to wrestle. Mm. Like it's flashy, but safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had, uh, speaking of Eddie Guerrero, I was wondering if you have a finisher, and I asked this because it, you know I've watched several matches and. I've seen you finish with a victory roll, like a frog splash, uh, tequila sunrise. I've seen you win a lot of different ways, and I appreciate that so much. Yeah. Um, yeah, I my main finisher I like to go to is the tequila sunrise, mm-hmm. or as I as I call it, and I I yell it when I do it because I want people to know what it is. <laughs> It's called, I call it the Manila Sunrise. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) it's just like, you know, in case I need to remind you guys I'm Filipino, (laughs) it's not the Tequila Sunrise, it's the Manila Sunrise. And I hit it because it's a a submission I don't see anyone hit. Mm -hmm. It's cool. Um, And then, yeah, Frog Splash is kind of a, I kind of want to like move away a little bit Mm because there's so many degrees of Frog Splash, you know. And it's not it frog splash is interesting too because it's not one of those moves I see as like a transitional move. Mm-hmm. It's always a finisher. It to me. should be. A it finisher, should always yeah. be. A fi- I'm not gonna use that for someone to just like kick out of, you know. Yeah. So uh, I like to use that. I'm also a fan of using like different types of roll ups to mm-hmm. win, you know. Um, also had like the regal cutter for for a hot second. Mm-hmm. That was a that was one of my other finishers. Um, but yeah, I mean. The tequila or Manila Sunrise is my main, main go-to. the The only problem with that is, I will say, is I have to when I work with people, I have to e- kind of ease into it. It's like, hey, so um, your finisher is a submission. Do you mind tapping out, <laughs> or would you rather get pinned? Because it's, it's weird when you call. Some people really care about yeah. like how strong they look in the match, mm-hmm. and tapping out to a submission. And maybe it's something because, you know, I'm a short guy, mm. you know, uh, tapping out to a submission is seen as a little we- is weaker than yeah. tap than getting pinned, mm. you know. So at that point, I'm like, OK, well, I guess I'll just do a victory roll on you <laughs> or something <laughs> like that, you know, just roll you up if yeah. you don't want to submit, whatever. Yeah, that kind of bugs me out because I know that, you know, wrestlers you know, don't like being submitted. It's yeah. But it's I love a good submission. I do, too. And that's why I did because I was like. Everyone's got like a finisher that goes into a pin. I'm like, no, I want a submission. I want something different because I, I like like, as much as people will be like, oh, you're a high flyer. I really like the technical wrestling yeah. aspect too. So I was like, yeah, I want the finisher or finisher to be a submission. Yeah, and you brought up Manila Sunrise. There's a, there's a re- restaurant down here called Manila. Yeah, Sunset. yeah. <laughs> I was thinking the exact same thing. No, I, I one time. I went over there pick up like some fun set, so <laughs> like for like a work party. I was like, "This is funny." <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the things I always talk about on this show, and I'm pretty sure some of our listeners are probably sick of it, is I talk about representation. Me being a Filipino American and a wrestling fan, I didn't have Filipino wrestlers to look up to when I was a kid, and there's just a w- so many Filipino wrestlers now. So I'm glad that we get to watch you. Uh, can you tell us about the Pinoy Prince uh, gimmick that's, or the evolution from Manny oh Mars man. to Pinoy Prince Manny Mars? Yeah, so when I start started wrestling, I was just like, okay, um, I just need to get some gear. So I go to Ilucha, like the most generic place to go get gear. It's cheap, get it, you know, gets the job done. And, you know, I'm pretty much, you know, generic, short brown wrestler. <laughs> and then... um. As I'm trying to figure myself out, it's funny because I actually had a, a character after Manny Mars also called Eki. I called him Eki Soul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was <laughs> it was random. It was like my kind of lucha gimmick because my uh, again my my mentor at the time, Sparky Ballard, he was like, uh, I would suggest also getting a mask gimmick mm-hmm. because you can work twice. I'm like, oh, that's true. You can work twice. 
also, if you're bad, you can be in a mask. <laughs> so by the time you're good, you can take off the mask. And it's like, wow, this guy is really good. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't have to go through being so shitty for years. <laughs> no, so I, I got, I got the mask. It was Eki Soul. Um, <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous because I had a mask. It was like, like they had the Filipino like colors on the mask. Yeah. I wore like a jersey that had like, that had like the sun in it, and then I had like matching like tights, and I had boots, and. It was, it was not until like, like later on, uh, when I met my partner, that I realized how problematic that was. Because the problem, the problematic thing about it was, I talk like this, <laughs> I talk like this, <laughs> and I was trying to be. Basically, I sounded like a merge between my Lola and Manny Pacquiao post-fight interviews. <laughs> Because my promos would literally, and it's gonna sound, it, it, it was some of the promos were funny because uh, me and my my tag team partner at the time we'd have a match. He would be the straight laced guy, I'd be the funny guy, and he would just be like, he's like, yeah, Eki, tell him about our match. What's our strategy? And then I would just go, okay, this is what we're gonna do. Okay, we're just going to hit them. We're just gonna hit them, and then when they fall down, we have to pin them, and just like that, Isa Dalawa. We win. We get the championship <laughs> belt. Spare. Oh, it's my uncle in the ring. Cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that was like, that was my mask character for a while. I did that for a few years. We, It was like the most Filipino thing. Uh, me and my tag team partner, John Rodito, who is, I love him to death. Um, we came out to Bebot. <laughs> because of course yeah. and it was I am not gonna lie we got people hyped when we came out to Bebo and we yeah. did our little dance in the ring <laughs> and then <laughs> it was pretty funny but I was like no if I want to show representation they should not see that like oh we should just like laugh at this like mm. comedic like Filipino this is how all Filipinos talk and you know be this kind of caricature of like what they think of Filipinos because as funny as that is for like you know like us like seeing that in our own families, you know seeing like other people like other races to be like they they'll find that extra thing to like um to inv to validate in themselves mm -hmm. be like oh they do talk like that oh, yeah. or they'll they'll see a f another Filipino who like oh you talk like this guy I saw him on thing you know I'm just like yeah you know the best way to represent so um it took a while. Yeah, not until honestly, like last year, I found this uh, Pinoy Prince gimmick, mm -hmm. and it was funny because I, it was a moniker that was like randomly given to me like years back. Yeah. Like I'm gonna say like the ca the Cow Palace, the promoter randomly called me Pinoy Prince, yeah. and I was like, that's weird. And then I was like looking at it. I think I was like on like my um, you know how you go on Facebook and you look at like your your history or like the on this day, yeah. right? And then I I read it. I was like Pinoy Prince. I'll run with it. Yeah. I'll just maybe I'll just run with it. So I I went I went on Etsy, and then I found myself a crown. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, this crown looks cool. I'm gonna get this crown. It's like this Pinoy prince. Like, what can this mean? You know, Pinoy because I'm Filipino, and I want everyone to know I'm Filipino. Mm. You know, um, prince because a lord, a king. Uh, you know, those are so like overdone. Mm -hmm. You know, and to me, the prince represents somebody who's always ready to take the throne represents youth you know like you're you're always the, the the one to take the belt and for me for a lot of like my career i felt like like you know i haven't quite gotten to that level yet mm -hmm. so i'm still like on that kind of like prince level but i am like ready at any point to just like take the crown from somebody yeah. so that's kind of why i I'm, i tell people like yeah it's a pinoy prince it's not like a king it's not like that um so now i i kind of come out and it's not like a royalty gimmick either. It's kind of think about like this like bougie kind of like people like kind of refer like, oh, you look like Manny Morris. I'm like, yeah, because I'm trying to be like really stylish, really like, you know, you know, like uh, I have the drip. I got the I got the chains. I got like got the gold. I have a really nice like blazer that I like to comment on, <laughs> you know, like, oh, this guy's looking when I come out. I basically want people like, 
like whoa look at this this guy like he looks really fucking cool yeah you know like what's this guy about you know because i wanted to look i but i thought to myself i want to look where i can be like on the poster mm-hmm. you know people will be like oh we got to have that on the poster yeah you know so i wanted to look really really cool really stylish um and you could even say like coming into like this year i'm still trying to like like create this guy this character you know mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean that's that's pretty much where i'm at with that right now yeah uh you said you want people to know you're filipino which i appreciate of course because uh you know just in show business for a long time the actors who were filipino would say oh i'm, I'm hawaiian <laughs> or you know they play so many different other uh ethnicities yeah uh it's not until maybe the last 10 years that filipino actors or entertainers are saying oh i'm filipino and like i said there's a lot of filipino wrestlers now who you know it might not be part of their gimmick but they don't shy away shy away from it um so is it how are you important how important is it to you for fans or at least you know little kids who like oh that's one of us oh my god it's like honestly the most important thing to me because that's how i felt like Mm -hmm. When I was, and it's funny, I'll, I'll, I'll tell this, um, I tell this story to my uh, to my partner all the time. She's heard this is, you know, not even ha- having to do with wrestling. Is I remember being at my Lola's house, and my cousin asked me like, "Oh, what race do you think you are?" Right, and I said, and you know what I said, and it's it's Im- it was like embarrassing. I was like, "Oh, I'm white," mm. and why did I say that? Because. That what I saw on the TV, what I wanted to be, I wanted to be like Tommy in the Power Rangers, or like you know, I wanted to be like the main character on all these shows. And what do they look like? You know, yeah, that's what they look like. And I was like, th- then, then that's what I am, yeah. right? And he's like, he laughed at my face. He's like, no, you're Filipino. Look at your skin. I'm just mm. like, oh, you're right. I am. Yeah. Like I don't know why I said that. Like, I knew I was, but I said what I wanted to be, yeah. like, out loud. I was, like, a little kid. Yeah. And then, like, and then wrestling, of course, I didn't see any Filipinos, right? I didn't really, like, see anybody. I would, like, look at The Rock. I'm like, he looks maybe Filipino. Like, he wasn't, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he wasn't yeah. Filipino, you know? Um, and then, you know, you see people like, you know, like, what, Yoko Zuno, you know? He's yeah. <laughs> plays Samoan, playing, like, this Japanese, yeah. like, <laughs> like, yeah, sumo wrestler. Um and just even just seeing Asian people in general in wrestling, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you know. And that's why, because I started training at like 24, 25, yeah. you know. And then the reason was, is because for a long, long time, I was like, I'm never going to make it. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to make it. There's n- people, there's nobody who looks like me. You know, even as an, like an adult, like in my like early 20s, I was like, no one's going to want me as a wrestler. I probably can't make it. You know, I'm short, I'm brown. Um, like, why should I even try? And then <laughs> one day at my office job, I was just like, is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? And then <laughs> I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to find a school. I'm going to go. And I saw, and I heard all the, like, the horror stories of, like, you're throwing up. You, like, you can't get, get out of bed the next day, all this. I was like, and you have to go in there with the mentality of just, like, I'm ready to get my ass kicked and I'm just going to keep showing up no matter what. And that's what happened. Like literally. um, And, you know, again, my mentor, Sparky Ballard, will talk, he talks about this all the time. Like, like Ruben, that's my real name. Ruben, he came into training. He went to training every day. I can't, and I would, and I mean, I went to beginners training, even though I wasn't really supposed to be there. I went to the semi pro training and I would just show up. I don't know what the fuck they wanted me to do, mm. but I was like, I'm just going to show up and see what happens. And I ended up being the fastest person to debut out of the APW boot camp. Mm. Everyone, it took them like a year, over a year. I took It took me nine months because I showed up literally every day yeah. for those like nine months just just to better myself, you know, and just being ready. And that's the mentality. Be ready to get your ass kicked, but keep showing up. Yeah. Yeah. Hard work. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're about an hour, so we are finishing up soon. Because I know you got to get to the Super Bowl. Oh, dude, stop! Um, <laughs> yeah, hurry up. No, bro. this <laughs> is this is awesome too. Man. I love it. Yeah, someone pointed out 
I have the sticker that says support LGBTQ wrestling. So someone, a birdie in the booth, uh, says I should ask about Julian. Julian, oh man, yeah. Um, you know, going back to talking about um, being there every day, mm-hmm. and we're talking about that that semi pro training. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we started this, when when they started the school, there were a bunch of semi pro. You know, people gone through beginners, all this. You know, and Julian was Julian was one of them. And, uh, you know, long story short, everyone quit except him in that semi-pro class because, you know, it didn't work out for them. They they couldn't make it all the way out to that location, so they found, like, their own route. But Julian stuck in there, and he was the only semi-pro in there. And, like I said, I was the one who was showing up every day. Mm. And so for, like, for, like, a year, it was literally just me and him in semi-pro. And, like, I was still in beginners. I was still trying to learn how to... Still learning how to roll, like hold, like do holds, learning how to sell. But then here I am, like with Julian, and he's just like, and we, I, I wasn't supposed to do it at the time. He's like, "Fuck it, we're gonna have matches, and I'm gonna show you advanced shit." Mm. And I was like, "Okay." Mm. And you know, I got, you know, I got a blessing from uh, from Sparky to be like, because he ran the school. Sparky ran their school. He's like, "Like, screw it, you're you two are the only guys here, and Julian needs somebody to work in semi pro." And it's just you two, you know. And then um, Thunder Rosa starts showing up, and then um, another guy, Bryant, who I I came up with, started showing up. And then, um, but yeah, Julian was the one who like who pushed me, who like was the one who was kicking my ass. Like, even though he wasn't technically a trainer, mm. he would kind of stick around and help out and fill in, where my trainers um, Matt, Matt and Dylan Drake would wouldn't be there, and he's the one who would just be like. Oh, you guys fucked up? Thousand squats. <laughs> and I'm like And you don't complain. If you mm-hmm. look and if you look like you're complaining, okay, we're gonna do we're gonna do even more. Oh my god, yeah, that's my match with Julian. Um that was my third that was my third match ever. Um but yeah, I honest I can't I have to say, like, I wouldn't have made it as far as I did without him because yeah, he meant a lot to me and it, it sucks uh what happened to him because uh he was on like the trajectory, you know. Um, it's funny because I look at like someone like maybe like Jake Atlas, mm-hmm. you know, all part of like you know LGBTQ like community, and you know well, not just about that, right? Yeah. But he also had kind of like it, it reminded me of like the same sort of drive, and I think Julian would have definitely like made it to that level, mm-hmm. you know, if he kept I- if he didn't get hurt, because mm-hmm. he got anything and anything can happen in the ring. That's why you know that's kind of the theme, right? Like of how I work, I, I want to work safe. Right. Julian was, he would he would have done anything. He did, uh, he did he did, like the most ridiculous stuff because he wanted to make sure he, the crowd went home happy, and he wanted to do like dangerous shit sometimes, and that caught up to him. I mean, we talk about like, ed, you know, Edge. He just came back, right? Yeah. That that injury, same thing happened to Julian. Yeah. And that was <laughs> ironically that was his favorite wrestler. And yeah, he fucked up his neck. He couldn't even go to the gym. He couldn't even like lift like on one side of his arm. It was like it was so sad. It bummed all of us out so much because he was like the heart and soul of of that school. And again, yeah, I wouldn't have like made it as far like without that guy because he always looked out for me. Um, whenever I had like a match with somebody kind of questionable, and yeah. he was on the same show, he was like, "All right, let me stand next to you when you call the match because I want to make sure you're okay." I'm just like. Sweet. He was always he was the guy always looking out for me. Wanted me. He he pushed me so hard, dude. Like I can't even like like begin to tell you all the things that we we had to like we've done together, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I still keep up with him. Um, and uh, he seems to be doing fine. I think he's in like New York now. Uh, but yeah, he was very important in my in my wrestling career. Mm. Well, shout out to Julian. <laughs> yeah, Julian. I'm glad I asked because yeah, Idris Jackson, yeah. if you want to know his wrestling name, all right. Yeah, we're just about an hour. Like I said, we got the Super Bowl game to to all get to. So my last question, because it's on a much more lighthearted note. Yes, sir. Uh, we always ask our guests, like, what would your your theme song be? But you are a wrestler, so what is your theme song? <laughs> 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 uh, 
Um, my theme song, I've had many, but my current theme song is Love Come Down. Uh, Evelyn Champagne. Uh, God, what's her last name? I always get that wrong. Oh, um, wait, 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 wait. We're looking it up right now. Look, Evelyn Champagne King. There we go. Yeah. How can I forget the king? I'm a Penelope Prince. <laughs> <laughs> Evelyn Champagne, Champagne King. Love Come Down. That is my theme song. That is what I groove to when I get into the ring. And everyone loves it. I love it. And yeah, man. Yeah. All right. So with that, um, where can they or where can our listeners find you or watch you wrestling? Um, I will share all my all my info on my Instagram. Okay. I need to like kind of like keep up with my Twitter and all this, but you can find me at Prince Manny Mars, one word. So at Prince Manny Mars. Uh, my next show, actually, I will be in Arizona on the seventh, February seventh, eighth, and ninth. I think we're going for Cactus League Wrestling. Uh, I think we're going to be in Tulsa, then Phoenix, and back to Tulsa, or maybe it's the other way around. And then uh, February uh, February fifteenth, I will actually be in L.A. Um, it's uh, it's it's funny the produ- the, <laughs> the promotion doesn't quite have a name, but it'll basically be me, a bunch of luchadors. Um, it'll be uh, in L.A. February fifteenth. I'll have more of the info on my Instagram. Uh, so follow that. Then I'll be back in the Bay on the oh twenty first. I'll be in Vegas for the uh, big gaming expo they've got going over there. A level up, level up expo. Oh, actually, level up. sorry, it's not. Oh, Evo gave me sick. <laughs> <laughs> level up expo, February twenty first, twenty uh, second. I will be in. Um, I believe I, I will be in Merced again for CWA. It'll be a champion versus champion match. Um, my my Central Valley Championship against like the heavyweight championship, Kenny K. Um. And that's what I've got for February. Cool. And then we'll, we'll post it, uh, this episode this week, so yeah, all, this all this information will be uh, current. Yeah, thank you. Um, before we go, i got to give a shout-out to Pause of the Homegrown Blends crew for our theme music and Vincent Collier for the PMG artwork. Thank you to our official sponsor, Doanero, the female-owned cookie and coffee shop in Costa Mesa. They're at 3033 Bristol Street, and you can find them on, on Instagram at Doanero. Also, shout out to Wayland Studios for letting us use this space. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at PMG Podcast. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Brainiac DMC. And Justin, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Justin Malari and on Twitter at Justin underscore Malari. And I host my own podcast called Geek Offensive, available on all uh, podcasting platforms right now. Uh, Manny, thanks again for coming in. Um, you're welcome back anytime. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. Thank you so much. All right. See you guys later. Peace. All right.